The great Boz has spoken. Welcome to the Land of Boz with Jeff Bosley. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Land of Boz. I am Jeff Bosley. Welcome to Wednesday, Hump Day. But more importantly, Halloween. So happy Halloween, everybody, and also happy Hump Day. Hump Day, yeah! And yes, welcome to Halloween. Um, I am now pushing late age, and um, I don't get to celebrate as much as I did. Um, uh, I find it awesome, though, looking back, like with a lot of little bit uh, nostalgia and just kind of good memories. I remember growing up because I've been fascinated with movies, and I've, it, it's no surprise what I want to do now, or what I guess I sh- do do now, do do. Um, is it's no surprise, but growing up, I I couldn't do anything half-assed when it came to Halloween, and God bless my mom. She uh, she seriously brought her A game. She could be a makeup artist in Hollywood. You know, there were two distinct costumes I'll never forget. Number one, I was Beetlejuice, and uh, this uh, this sounds back in my day, uh, but this was before there were you know just masks you put over your head. So she actually made my face up to be Beetlejuice's, which if you think about it. Some people are like, oh, it's just like blue and gray tones. But no, she actually found ways to make my skin look like it's rotting and peeling and and decaying off of my face. Now, mind you, when this movie came out, I was in grade school. Uh, So, I mean, it wasn't necessarily non-PC at the time by any means. Uh, I went to a, I was fortunate enough, I went to a private grade school um, in Pocatello, Idaho called Grace Lutheran, uh, Grace Lutheran School. And, um. Now, for those of you that remember Beetlejuice, he uh, there was a scene in the movie where, as an adult, it's a funny little sound effect. But as a child, I thought literally when uh, Beetlejuice slash Michael Keaton grabbed his crotch, he, he yells, nice effing model, and then he honks his crotch twice. And as a matter of fact, here's the clip, and there is an F-bomb, and I don't want to censor it out, so quick F-bomb, folks. You bunch of losers! You're working with a professional here! So yeah, that last little honk in the movie is uh, Beetlejuice honking his crotch twice, and I found that hilarious. So my mom made me the costume. We were at our grade school, uh, again, religious private grade school, doing, uh, I believe it was probably musical chairs. Actually, I'm positive it was musical chairs. Uh, And unbeknownst to her, I bought a bike horn to pretty much exactly replicate that sound and uh, put it in my pants. I wrapped uh, some duct tape around the uh, horn part so it could stay in my crotch area. And then the the, um, the horn part that you squeeze was hanging in the exact right spot to make it look like my horn, uh, my crotch uh, honked. So playing musical chairs, stop, Jeff honks the horn, Jeff gets in trouble. So uh, lesson number one is do not honk your crotch um, at a religious school gathering. And while I was actually telling that story, I, there were three distinct costumes. Uh, and uh, the second one um, was Freddy Krueger. And for those of you that don't know or forget, he is Nightmare on Elm Street guy. He is the uh, guy that can kill you in your dreams. And I think I've been fascinated by Nightmare on Elm Street. He's been one of my favorite horror movies uh, since I've watched horror movies. My best friend and I would uh, we would do like the you know the childish sleepover things. And when my parents went to bed, we'd sneak out and watch scary movies. Um, I've been enamored with ho- scary movies and horror movies uh, since then. And Freddy Krueger... Um, initially I don't, it's been a long time since I've watched all of them, but, uh, you know, like I have the box set and everything, (laughs) uh, but I was him one year and, um, I don't think it, it might not reveal itself until maybe, uh, the Nightmare on Elm Street two or three, maybe even later. I know way later in this series, there's an actual huge section of backstory as to what, where Freddy come from, but the, um, the thing he's referenced as in the mo- in the series is son of a thousand maniacs, and the backstory to that is his mother. I, not to get all dark, but the character in the movie, his mother uh, was raped in a mental hospital. She was a nurse or something, and uh, thousand maniacs uh, uh, did their thing to her. So that's where he came from. So that's his running joke. Obviously, the um, staff at Grace Lutheran Elementary did not know that backstory. However, um, nor did my mom. She probably wouldn't have play, uh, backed my play to ask to be Freddy. And again, this is before you had just a big latex mask you put over your your uh, your dome. Uh, she made the burnt wrinkle face 
just like Freddy Krueger. And uh, they did have the glove, like a pretty good replica glove you could buy. Um, and uh, so I had that, but you know, she got, we got the sweater. It was the whole nine yards, the fedora. I had an Indiana Jones fedora that worked. And uh, so I went to that school as the son of a thousand maniacs, um, the uh, demon guy that kills children in their dreams. So that was costume number two. <laughs> And number three, this one was just badass. Uh, I believe Terminator just came out. Uh, Terminator 2 might have been on the horizon. I can't remember which Terminator it was. But they did sell a kit. So my mom still, they made a kit so you could like make it look like you had a little bit of the cyborg, cybernetic um, skeleton skull revealing, coming out of your cheekbone. And she upped that game. You know, she made it, she made it movie worthy. She made it look like sections were exposed all over like parts, parts of my neck and parts of my eye. And then like, I believe uh, my dad wired a, a nine volt battery, not to my head, but he, and put it to the, on the back of my head and ran the wire through my hair and up around my ear and under the latex makeup that my mom used to make it look like my face was melted off, you know, in the Terminator movies and uh, made the uh, retina of my eye red, like in the Terminator movies. So again, that I honestly, I I'm 99% sure that might've been my last costume, my last childhood costume. So it was a cool way to go out. So that's a, that's a seven minute rant on, uh, me and Halloween. Um, let's see, before we get into the show proper, I got a couple more things. Quick reminder. Um, there's a, we're kind of, I'm kind of, I don't want to say a cross promotion per se, but laser hit shooters, uh, provided me with a bunch of the Call of Duty Nomad uh, 8x10 posters. And uh, this isn't like pompous, or, but a lot of people wanted these for their kids. Um, and I have those. Uh, we can sign them and send them off. Just shoot an email requesting it to jbosleyllc at jeffbosley.com. So again, it's the letter J, last name Bosley, B-O-S-L-E-Y, L-L-C, at jeffbosley.com. Shoot me an email and we'll get those sent out. Uh, I would like to think before Christmas because that's when most people are wanting it. And then a uh, second to that Call of Duty thing, I'm actually through various miraculous uh, assistance of people. I'm able to go. I'm actually going to New York City this weekend to go look at my first uh, Times Square billboard as uh, the nomad character from Call of Duty. So if anybody's in New York and around the Times Square area, uh, I will be there and let's get a picture together because that's just goofy, silly, childhood dream come true fun. So that should cover it. Let's get into the show proper. And because admittedly, uh, I slept in and by sleeping in, I mean till 4 a.m. But that first hour of hitting snooze and hitting snooze and hitting snooze resulted in me not getting to Jeff's journal. Uh, so today we're just going to hop right into um, today in history, which for Halloween is quite uh, populated and entertaining. Extra, extra, read all about it, life story of Playboy Penny, Obviously, today is Halloween, but before we get into where'd Halloween come from, because I, I knew, or I thought I knew, but it's actually, I, I went to the History Channel and did a little digging. Uh, I will educate you that on sub, a couple things there, but one thing I had forgotten about, and uh, the minute I started realizing it was the Halloween show, this song popped into my head. If you're stuck inside and you can't get up, but you feel like being free, grab a witch and make a switch and see. Seriously, date yourself. How many of you remember that song? I looked it up and it was, uh, if I I changed the screen, but it was something like it came from Canada and it was really popularized in 1978. So it was actually up and going before I was even born. Uh, I remember that show. That was the time where cartoons were awesome and simple and I don't know there's just something about it and that I remember that every Halloween that cartoon would be on um and I uh, it was like when there was um I don't want to say if it was on PBS but like just a lot of cartoons were just simple and fun (laughs) so I remember that cartoon um I think it's called the witching hour or something like that and um yeah, that was the song that just hit me in the head today, and I've, I've since forgot. But more importantly today, why? what is Halloween? And obviously we all know, but here's just three phases of Halloween that I kind of wasn't completely clear on. Uh, but Halloween's origins date back to the ancient Celtic festival uh, of Samhain, 
S-A-M-H-A-I-N, pronounced Samhain. The Celts, who lived 2,000 years ago, uh, celebrated their new year on November 1st, and they believed uh, the day before was when kind of the worlds between the living and dead became blurred, and that is when the ghosts of the dead returned to the earth, and that's when their priests and such uh, druids could um, communicate with the dead and uh, tell their future and all these things. So that's why that uh, to work with the dead and communicate with the dead, that's why they would wear costumes made of animal heads and skins, and they'd try to tell each other's fortunes. Um, and then... Um, Around uh, 600 AD, um, this is where All Saints Day came. It kind of transitioned into Christianity a little bit, where it was celebrated similarly with bonfires and parades, or dressing up as costumes. Um, but it was more they're trying they're kind of transitioning away from like you know it was to honor the dead, um, and that was the that was the church attempting to replace the Celtic festival, the dead. Then, as it works its way into America, it obviously has its undertones of death and the, the communicating with the dead and all that. Uh, basic and witchcraft, basically along the lines. They tried to parents. I'm not really sure if it was like a homeowners association, uh, but they did their best to get rid of all the shady crap. And that's where candy got involved in trick or treating. Is they're trying to purify uh, the origins of Halloween. So that's Halloween for you. Uh, but moving on, today's quite a populated day in history. Um, 1992, the Pope admits that Earth revolves around the sun. You heard that right. 1992. So that's interesting. Uh, I found this hilarious. 1987, uh, there was a Mighty Mouse cartoon. Um, there was a huge uproar in an episode where um, Mighty Mouse looks like he's sniffing a line of cocaine. Uh, they argued it wasn't all obviously, but you know what? The eighties, uh, it might've actually been cocaine. We don't know. Uh, this is effed up. I almost swore. Good grief. Professional Jeff. 1974, uh, the Halloween candy murder. An eight year old Texas boy dies after eating poison laced Halloween candy. The boy's father was later. I got to sneeze. Hold please. Do 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 It's the whole music do do. Hold music. His father, Ronald, I don't want to give him respect for giving his name, but I think he should be known as this evil, evil bastard. Ronald Clark O'Brien was later convicted and executed for the murder of his own eight-year-old son. He had just taken out a life insurance policy on the boy. So that is effed up. Um, he was executed for the murder, so I'm not sure where this was. Texas, there you go. God bless Texas. Thank you for executing this man. Uh, moving on, it's, a lot of happened on Halloween. You think with all the superstitions, because I'm superstitious to an extent, I wouldn't do a lot on Halloween. Uh, 19, um, or, sorry, 1864, Nevada becomes the 36th state. All right. Uh, 1517, Martin Luther, not that Martin Luther, the one from 1517, he um, starts the Protestant Reformation, and when he nails 95 theses against the corruption of the papacy, uh, I think it's papacy, the Pope, uh, in Rome to the door of the castle church in Wittenberg. I love history. That's just cool. Birthdays today. So we have John Candy, born 1950. Uh, he died in 1994. An amazing, fun actor. Just, again, pure, fun um, humor, just good old fashioned TV. Maybe I'm getting old. It feels like an old day now. Cause I'm all reminiscing about how simple things were back in my day. Uh, but a birthday that definitely needs to be celebrated. That's right. The man, the myth, the legend that probably as far as I can tell, remember from my little small town, Idaho upbringing, he was the man responsible for shaving designs in the side of people's heads, thus creating a long, long history of poor haircut choices. However, I don't think my mom let me do that. So I'm kind of proud of that. There's two things I'm proud of. I don't think I had lines shaved in my head and I didn't know how to peg my pants. So for those of you who don't know, pegging your pants is kind of where you roll them and it forces a taper. Uh, it's not rocket science, but for some reason, I couldn't wrap my mind around it. Pretty much, obviously, foretelling my uh, future of fashion sense. Uh, but I couldn't do it. So I'm proud I couldn't peg my pants. So I didn't peg my pants. I made plenty of other uh, fashion mistakes, but I didn't do that. 
So again, Vanilla Ice, born this day, 1967. That's funny, he was born on Halloween. And for those of you who don't know, his real name is Robert Van Winkle. And I believe now he is working at a bike shop in Florida, last uh, the, um, the wives' tales said. And then lastly, two lastlies. Two lastlies? Two lastlies. Um, today in 1926, uh, Harry Houdini died. He was the, uh, stunt magician, American, you know, escape artist guy. This is an effed up way to die. He died of peritonitis after being punched in the stomach. Uh, the peritoneum, uh, those are, um, all the, that's like the sac that surrounds your organs. Some dude punched him, um, without kind of giving him a heads up and, um, it ruptured. I, I can't remember what it ruptured, but how effed up is that? He survives all that crap, and then a random fan punches him in the gut. And lastly, this is sad, uh, but it's an interesting thing. For those of you who don't know this guy, go watch some of these movies with this guy. Um, But 1993 on this day, River Phoenix passed away. Well, I don't want to say he passed away. That makes it sound like he was 80 and natural. Sadly, he died of an overdose of heroin and cocaine while waiting to perform with his close friend Flea of the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Uh, And when he was going to perform at the Viper Room up in Hollywood, um... People still go by there today. It's this black building on in uh, on Sunset Boulevard, and uh, yeah, it was interesting. He, uh, I remember doing it, uh, or not doing it. I, I've never done uh, cocaine or uh, heroin, uh, but I remember seeing all that on the news, and it was kind of it was weird because it was that was he was like it was the Hollywood youth. It was kind of the heyday of the '90s and like the young Hollywood Johnny Depp time, uh, but. He was in Stand By Me as a child, so go watch that movie, an astonishing movie. Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, he played young Indiana Jones, uh, not the TV show in Young Indiana Jones. And I have a, a special place in my heart for a movie he was in called My Own Private Idaho, because I'm from Idaho. So uh, rest in peace, Mr. Phoenix. And that is Today in History. Now, we'll just do a quick little fan update. And I, again, that word just seems pompous. So supporter update, a uh, person that has been following and supporting, stuff like that, um, with somebody that wrote into the show uh, regarding a topic that uh, she emailed about and uh, the follow-up because we did address it. So here is whatever the section shall be called. Ah! Oh, my God! Here? I know him. I know him. So this individual emailed me earlier in the week about... Um, just kind of, uh, she was, uh, she emailed about how to pursue the uh, dreams or goals or stuff like that in her life, also while being a single mother. And uh, where's that fine line between sacrifice and selfish and, and healthy selfishness? And um, I, I won't say her name, but for so you know, I'm actually going to be talking to my good friend Alicia, the the great long term, long time best friend who I think would be an amazing. Uh, person for this topic. So we, we're scheduling it as we speak. We're playing email tag now. I think I'm going to record her Monday, so her or uh, Wednesday, today, technically. So she should be on maybe tomorrow as soon as that. So keep her ears open. But this person responded to my attempt at addressing her issue with the following That was really kind of you to spend the time on my email. The fact that you thought about it or cared enough to comment. I'm just whining. I need to be more grateful. Um, and, uh, Please excuse my late night ranting. It's all, we're all have our funk and we all need to get in our own place. And sometimes we, uh, this is me now talking. Uh, we all just sometimes need to vent and get it out there. So don't apologize. It's, late night ranting is probably some of the, I, if anybody that follows me on my Instagram stories, I have a lot of little teenage girl rants, teenage girl worthy rants with uh, anything and everything, typically current events. Uh, so don't worry about it. Um, she continues, uh, look, it's all relative, I guess. Uh, you do inspire me though. Keep on keeping on. Very happy to see you get to go see your billboard. That's badass. So to whom you are, thank you for writing that in. Um, thank you for saying what you said and please keep, uh, your eyes open for when Alicia comes on the show and we'll talk about your original email. So I uh, just wanted to share that. It means a lot to me when you guys write in. So if you do, fans at jeffbosley.com. Or um, even if you're only a Monday listener, so the free show, you can still um, comment on uh, – you can't actually. You can comment on the Patreon page. Uh, I I get emails. I screenshot DMs on Instagram. I try to keep track of all these. You can DM me on the um, Line of Boz Instagram uh, in- inbox. That might be a little easier or easier to keep track of. So it's hard for to not get a hold of me. So – Thank you for writing in. 
And now while we're kind of on that subject, this hit me the other day talking to Kelly and, uh, it's hump day. Maybe we're all dragging ass a little bit and need a little bit of motivation. And by no means anybody that truly has followed me or knows me knows I'm not a walking ball of the universe is answering all my questions, bullcrap, hippie, hippie optimism, but I do try my best. Uh, but I came up with an observation today that might at least give you something to ponder and distract you from something that's not motivating you. Now, I'll try to talk slowly because I'm super excited to get this segment done because I'm starving and it's time to eat. But one thing I wanted to talk about is uh, I, I brought it up when I was talking to Kelly the other night. And I don't know if I just pulled it out of my butt or whatever, so I, I probably shouldn't take credit for it. But it occurred to me, because I'm really good at waking up and being in a bad mood or just, you know, even if I go to bed, just like, for example, thinking of uh, finances, that toxifies my sleep if I sleep well at all. And then I wake up still in a funk and then that kind of dictates your day, no matter what is thrown in your face, uh, however mundane or border and slightly extreme, you, it's it's countered with that negative uh, filter you're going to run everything through and it would take something substantial to undo that no matter for whatever funk you're in it takes more positive I think to drag you out so if you're in a funk about money or whatever you know you could probably make anything negative the entire rest of the day unless somebody comes up to you and says hey you won the lottery then I'm sure you'll suddenly forget all of your problems and uh, so it's weird that you can start with that negative vibe and your entire day can go through that negative filter and everything, no matter, even positive things will be turned negative because you, that first start of the day was negative. And it occurred to me, uh, I'm kind of, this is kind of a spinoff on I, something I'd learned from a person in my life from the past. She had said something like, you know, when you're tired, if somebody came up to you and said, you just won the lottery, how all of a sudden you'd be energized. So it made me think, well, what's the inverse? is why can we create negativity on anything that hits us if we wake up in a bad mood or start off our day bad? Why can we do it with negative? But why for some reason, or maybe it's just me, just tell me if I am, why is it hard to do that with positivity? Why can't you create this default positive? I think some people do do this um, to their credit, but why can't we create this, this foundational initial start to our day positive filter? So anything that comes through it is trans is created, uh, has, gets a positive spin on it. Why is that so hard? And I just found that really intriguing on how, you know, I, I can't remember what book it was. It was some of the, my damn library of self-help books, but where it talked about, um, you know what? I honestly think it was the secret. So take this at face value, because I think this is a good metaphor. You stub your toe in the morning and that ripple effect can up, in, impact your entire day just from that one thing. And, uh, so what, why, what is the self-created positive version, uh, the positive antithesis of stubbing your toe that can create a positive day for you? And um, it's an, I don't have the answer. I'm not leading into the answer. I didn't bury the lead here. I really don't know. So it's just an interesting thing to think about is, is that it sounds discouraging, but I mean to be encouraging in that if we could do one, you should be able to do the other. Because, I mean, by definition, opposite of negative is positive, so they should be you know, equally doable. Um, so we can do it with negative In theory. We should be able to do it with positive. Uh, how I do not know. Uh, I would imagine I like one of the things I attempt to do is to create positivity, to get myself in the right mind frame. So I can, uh, so it, things that do hit me and approach me that are negative can be dealt with. I, I, on the first thing I do when I leave the house heading to the gym in the mornings, I listen to stand up comedy. So laughter, getting happy. Cause there are some, you know, if you get the right stand up comics, you can't not laugh and it's kind of hard to undo that. So that's the thing I do is try to create that positive metaphorical stow tub, toe stub. Yeah. Um, so I do that. You might try it, watch something funny. You know, like I used to just listen to motivational stuff on my way to the gym but if I was in the wrong headspace, I wasn't receiving its in intense motivation. I was just kind of on autopilot. So on the way to the gym now, I listen to po or I listen to stand-up comedy to get laughing in a, in a positive side of the spectrum. And then when I get to the gym, I listen to my superhero soundtracks or my you know heavy metal uh, mixes on Spotify, and and I'll be more receptive to the positivity it can create. So that's all I got for now on that because I really don't have the answer for how to make it you know, more sustainable and more grandiose, but, uh, ponder that if you will, I'm going to go eat. 
And moving on to, I guess I, I kind of had a thought to call this the team room, uh, like where I do my Green Beret chat. So for anybody that knows anything about uh, those kind of worlds, the team room is where you, it's whatever, it's where you sit down and powwow and do all your crap. Uh, but before I get into the actual thing, I'm just going to say a quick thank you. Um, anybody who follows me saw that I was um, helping dogs sit this weekend. And uh, my room, or my uh, neighbor and friend, Lauren, came back and she was near apple, orchard, apple orchards on the east, in the east of the United States. And um, she brought me back two good old fashioned apple orchard, apple orchard apples. And they're astonishing. I just crushed them both. So thank you, Lauren, your sweetheart. Uh, but now let's get into a uh, Green Beret shot, Green Beret talk in the team room. Those Green Berets, they're real badasses. You're scared, motherfucker? Well, you should be, because this Green Beret is going to kick your big ass. I eat Green Berets for breakfast. And right now I'm very hungry. I can't believe this macho bullshit. So today, um, this is kind of going to be the first of uh, many in a multi-part series, I suppose, because this is just a topic that could go on and on and on forever and ever, and also um, can't be summarized. Uh, but I want to start talking about, I get a lot of DMs and ma emails and comments constantly from people aspiring to be uh, in Army Special Forces, uh, the Green Berets. So uh, today I'm just going to barely touch on the training I did to get ready to go to try to do be a Green Beret. Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to get deep in the woods or weeds as far as, <clears throat> excuse me, all the uh, parts of training as far as um, like there's a special, the, the Q course is what it's commonly called, the qualification course. That's the quote unquote try or the, that's the whole pipeline. Uh, and then there's SFAS, which is the tryouts, if you will. And so I'm going to tell you right on this show today, just the bare bones stuff I did before I even went uh, to uh, the tryouts. Um, and the thing I, and again, things change a lot. So for all I know, this doesn't even apply because, um, you know, time changes. But the thing I would tell anybody to do, whether they're just going to the army for the first time or they had an MOS in the army that was pretty um, desk ridden, get a heavy rucksack and learn to walk forever with at least 50 pounds on your back. Um, it is an art, not as, I mean, there's skills and techniques. Um, we can get into a whole other show on that just on rucking. Uh, but it's art in that you need to train. Yes. Your body to adapt to the pain and discomfort. And here's the thing back in my day, uh, I think you guys get the nice packs. Now we had the Alice packs, which by design had not yet changed since Vietnam. I'm pretty sure. So those efforts were painful and uncomfortable, especially when you get to the 50, 75, 100, 110 plus pound backpacks. Uh, but get used to putting that weight on your back and walking forever. Ease into it because uh, be smart, not hard. Because there's going to be times you're going to have to be hard, not smart. But ease into it. Work on your distances. Work on your speed, like your rate. Um, and, uh, and at the end of the day, like you can only condition your body so well to handle that. It's, it's ne there's going to be a point where it doesn't get any better physically. And the only thing you can do to overcome it is mental. And that's a whole nother, that's, that's the learned skill that you're striving for. Yeah. Your body will catch up and adapt as best as possible, but you've got to get your mind right. Um, that is a miserable soul suck is those rucks and those long marches. And then when they get more unique is when they're in the dark and you have to be fast and you have to find a, a little white stick out in the middle of the North Carolina woods. And you have to also, if you carry other stuff, you know, if you're carrying the, uh, the machine gun, the, you know, whether it's the saw or the 240, um, you got, it's just sucks. So get used to that. Um, that's my first tip. I'll just even barely touch on the day is tip one, get used to rucking. Obviously you need to be in good physical shape and rucking is the, there's only one way to get better at it is to do it. I personally don't believe in ruck running. It, def, it I don't, I think it makes you feel like you look cool, but I believe it's benefits are far outweighed by the drawbacks. It destroys your joints. It's, it serves no purpose. Um, because when you really have to suck it up and run with a ruck on, you'll find, you'll find your, uh, inner spirit to muscle through it. But I wouldn't ruck run unless for some reason they're still forcing you to do that, which I was forced to. Um, but yeah, that's it. Get used to rucking, uh, get it used to that heavy backpack, work up to it, work your way up, 
get used to start, you know, like anything, start without the, the weight or an empty backpack or an empty rucksack and work your way up. Um, just like anything, ease into it, be smart. But that is the one thing a lot of people aren't ready for is that is miserable. And especially now where I would like to think in uh, special forces world, they're not changing many of their standards for, and, uh, a lot of units are now mobilized and me- mechanized and they're in vehicles. And, um, a lot of people probably in their military careers aren't on their feet as much as a green beret. So, uh, if you spent your career, not on your feet, uh, get ready for a wake up call. So that'll be tip number one. Uh, feel free to email, communicate with me, uh, as you'd like to see these designed because I love helping people that have questions. So, uh, that has been today's team room green beret talk. <laughs> nerd chat. It's not always about comic book movies and superheroes, but still at the end of the day, when I'm reviewing a movie, it's more nerd worthy than it is actor worthy. So here is today's review of the George Clooney movie up in the air. And wait, did I say up in the air as in 2009's up in the air with George Clooney? Yeah, I did. And so why? Because uh, maybe you haven't seen it, number one. And number two, um, for a uh, class, a script analysis class I had to do at Strasburg uh, Film and Theater uh, Conservatory, I chose to do that, a scene from that movie um, to dissect because I am getting older in my casting range and I like the George Clooney characters. And so this movie, here's a word by word, word for word synopsis of the film Up in the Air. An idea from a young new co-worker, Anna Kendrick, would put an end to the constant travel corporate downsizer, Ryan Bingham, George Clooney, so he takes her on a tour to demonstrate the importance of face-to-face meetings with those they must fire. While mentoring his colleague, he arranges hookups with another frequent flyer, Vera, I'm going to say her name wrong, Farmiga, Farmia, and his developing feelings for the woman prompt him to see others in a new light. So, it is not audio savvy, but I'm going to do it anyway. Here is the trailer. For up in the air. Last year I flew 350,000 miles. All the things you probably hate about traveling are warm reminders that I am home. Welcome back, Mr. Bingham. I am a passenger. I work for a company that lends me out to cowards that don't have the courage to sack their own employees and for good reason. Who are you, man? Because people do crazy stuff when they get fired. I'm gonna need your key card. We received a dynamite young woman from Cornell, Natalie Keener. I want you to show her the ropes. I'm not a tour guide. Show her the magic. Take her through the paces. What? Follow me. You never get behind old people. Their bodies are littered with hidden metal. Bingo. Asians. They pack light, travel efficiently, and they got a thing for slip-on shoes. God love them. That's racist. I'm like my mother. I stereotype. It's faster. You got to fill me in on the miles thing. What is that about? I plan on grabbing as many miles as I can. What's your total? Is it this big? Uh, this big? I don't want to brag. This is pretty sexy. We're two people who get turned on by elite status. Good call on that towel rack. Shame we didn't make it to the closet. Mm. We got to do this again. What kind of relationship do you have? You know that moment when you look into somebody's eyes and you can feel them staring into your soul and the whole world goes quiet? Yes. Right, well, I don't. You have set up a way of life that basically makes it impossible for you to have any kind of human connection. You're grounded. Everybody's grounded. They're pulling us off the road. We're going home. I know you'll help us when you're If you think about it, your favorite memories, the most important moments in your life. Were you alone? Life's better with company. Everybody needs a co-pilot. That was a nice touch. Thanks. Up in the air. I'm not really sure how long this whole exercise is supposed to last. No, I don't even think of him that way. He's old. Rated R. So how do I review this movie? Um, I'm not going to give away any spoilers because it is a good movie and there is a little twist that um, it's it's not a, it's a kind of dark comedy comedy drama, uh, but there's a twist that I don't want to ruin. So it'll be spoiler free. But basically, as the uh, synopsis in the trailer revealed, um, it's the movie about uh, Clooney's character who is whether he admits it or not is relishing his loner lifestyle. In fact, he travels around the world in lieu of his job, actually giving away, giving away, I would almost say like Ted talk esque motivational speeches. Uh, and in not so many words is he cherishing and, 
um, romanticizing the loner lifestyle or the minimalist lifestyle, but he does it in such a way, and this is where I'm giving Clooney the credit uh, as far as his performance. He does it in such a way that doesn't come across like a, a hold up caveman lawyer or a lawyer loner. He he's he's endearing, he's charming, he's interactive with all the people in the film. But at the end of the day, if you look at his life and his career, he's 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 a loner. He doesn't like human connection, um, and so. I'm really enamored with Clooney as a fan and as an actor because I, I would like to emulate uh, his career. I, I'd like to think um, I like his he's older. Uh, I'm getting older. And so I like to look at his movies. And I had forgot. I hadn't seen this movie for a really long time. And so I, I actually watched it last night. And uh, it is awesome. Um, it's a really good movie. Uh, Anna Kendrick, this is before she kind of became bigger than she is now. And um, their role, their dynamic, and their uh, relationship in the movie—I won't give it as to how it is. It's uh, it's enamoring. It's really well done. The way they feed off each other. There's a little bit of uh, drama and humor, and it, it it's, it's obviously you have to cram in a, like a two-hour, you know, uh, several maybe days or weeks worth of relationship into a two-hour movie, and they jump right in, and it feels it's believable right off the bat. Um, but yeah, it's an extremely good movie. Performance is great all around. Very uplifting, very happy, very, and I kind of um, empathized with it or I'm kind of drawn to it because at the end of the day, I, I, I really think I'm like this character in that I like interaction, but I like being alone. It's the weird, it's the damnedest thing. And um, you see that in Clooney's character. You see how he likes helping people. He has compassion and he interacts with Kendrick's character and how he works, you know, kind of nurtures her relationship and uh, in a uh, mentor kind of way. Um, and it could have, he could, he could have played it as like this old loner curmudgeon and it would have been, the movie would have sucked. Um, but he didn't. And I, I, as a human, not an actor, I really was drawn to that kind of character. Um, but it's a really good movie and it really makes me sad that I don't have enough money to travel as much as these people do. <laughs> but uh, if you haven't seen it, it's a good, feel good movie. It's probably, it's, there's like no graphic sex scenes. It's, it's probably okay for the whole family. Um, it's not like adult drama boring. It's it's it keeps you engaged the whole movie. Uh, so go watch it. Tell me what you think if you haven't seen it. It's currently on Netflix or Prime. I think on Netflix, but I think only it's only on Netflix for like two more days. So check it out. Watch it. Let me know what you think. But um, that is my random kind of review of Up in the Air from 2009 starring George Clooney. All right. And today's guest we bring back very good friend of mine, Mr. Jesse. And I guess we're going to start calling this uh, grumpy old men uh, because that's pretty much what we've both turned into. <laughs> and uh, Jesse's back. We've talked, we've spoken, we cover the gamut of topics. Uh, he's an amazing man, amazing father, former military, um, amazing husband. So uh, without further ado of me putting him up on a higher pedestal than I already did, here is my conversation with Jesse Coyne. What? Did we just become best friends? Yep. All right. And back after a little hiatus, uh, we've taught, we've spoken about uh, Chinese or Asian <laughs> something fighter jets <laughs> to a uh, head trauma. And now uh, in the spirit of Halloween, we bring Jesse back to talk about Halloween. But in a way, I did not expect. How's it going, buddy? It is going, brother. It is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's so uh, Jesse, as, as most humans on this planet are full time working fools. And this dude has a breath, a horde of children and life and family to take care of. And you are that, that's a good that's the best descriptor I've heard of them yet. They are yeah. a horde. <laughs> I, it was <laughs> it was definitely a, a, not my best wordsmithery for sure. Um, but uh, on the ironically, today is a whole Halloween themed episode and Jesse has Halloween. I'm sure, I'm sure you guys celebrate Halloween, right? You do some Halloween stuff. Oh, of course. Dude, yeah. That, it, it is my holiday. Well, and I knew Christmas. it was yours. I didn't know if the kids had to say it or not. Oh yeah. Um, well, cause it was funny. I, I volunteer at the school here in LA and, uh, it's a little heavier, um, area of the city that speaks not so much English is more Spanish. And, um, right. I asked, these are like, you're going to be better at this than me. What would a fifth grader be about 10 years old? Yep. Okay. So about 10 year old, these are 10 year olds. I, I'm like a mentor to one and I go, so what do you, what do you for Halloween? He goes, and he looks at me not indignantly, but he, he put me in my place and I, I'm his senior by over, you know, about 40, 35, 30 ish years. 
And he goes, right. uh, he goes, we do not celebrate Halloween in our family. We're Christians. And I was like, ah, oh, I guess I never thought of that, that some people might not celebrate Halloween for like religious purposes. Wow. Okay. Yep. Yeah. That's- but and I was like, yeah. okay. And I just kind of like rolled with it. And then like the next week when we did it again, uh, another little girl that wasn't there the week before, um, cause obviously all of us were like, Oh, what are you going to be for Halloween? What are you going to be for Halloween? Trying to like, you know, energize the kids. And there were right. more than, more than, I want to say three kids. They were cool kids. They weren't like the secluded nerd in the corner or anything. They just were all like, we don't celebrate Halloween. And you could tell they're more of a, uh, his, uh, traditional his, Hispanic family. And I, I kind of actually thought right. it'd be the opposite to be honest with you. Cause those kind of yeah. families seem to be more celebratory and more with tradition and more with, I mean, I went completely ignorant American, like day of the dead. And, you know, I was like, Oh, I've seen, I've seen movies. Don't you guys do that? And Nope. Apparently these <laughs> kids don't. I was the, I was the fool. So oh, little, man. little education today. <laughs> They're just sad, dude. Oh, it is totally. And I, I'll, uh, maybe I'll, I'll send you the free, the video or the clip of this, you know, so you don't have to like subscribe or anything, but I mentioned it earlier in the show. Uh, I'm the same as you. I, I not so much now cause it'd be kind of creepy now if I did it cause it's just me and my dog, but I grew up <laughs> obsessed with Halloween. And earlier in the show, I what? mentioned three costumes my mom was the hollywood makeup effects queen she didn't mess around she um one year i was beetlejuice uh, and i went to grace lutheran school in pocatello um it's, it's a private lutheran based school i was beetlejuice and i and i and i put a bicorn in my crotch and honked my crotch during musical shares and uh, i can see you doing that yeah i was proud of myself and then one year i was freddy krueger um at the same school and this is before the latex masks. So my mom like straight up, you know, gave me a melted face look and it was pretty impressive. And, uh, the history behind Freddy Krueger is he's the son of a thousand maniacs, meaning his mother in the movie fictional movies was raped in a psycho ward by a thousand maniacs. Right. So I was him for Halloween at a religious school. And then the last, yeah, again, my mom didn't know better. She didn't know the backstory of Freddy, so to speak. And then lastly, I was a, uh, my best one was my dad and mom worked together to make me the Terminator. And they actually wired a red light LED above on top of my eye. So I had like a red, like retina, oh, like iris that, that would open cool. and close. Yeah. So that was the end of my, that was, I think that was my last Halloween costume. So, and now I just try to do it for, in movies for, on a daily basis for a paycheck. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. I kind of, I kind of took that hostage. Do and celebrate um, Halloween every day. Yeah, for sure. I kind of took that hostage. So what are you guys doing? And what's the, uh, I mean, I, I don't want to assume, but you're doing the trick or treating. Everybody's wearing costumes and. Oh, of course. Is all, of course. are all your kids still into it? hundred percent or that was oh, yeah. is your oldest kind of dress? Oh yeah. Okay. Dude, we, we go all out. It is, you know, Lara has, has Christmas. That's her big holiday. I have Halloween. Oh, yeah. The kids have Halloween. That's when That's we just awesome. go nuts. <laughs> and it's not the dad no, tag. Like, yeah, does the white, does the wife, the uh, yeah. Does does the uh, does your wife um, participate, or does she kind of roll her eyes and just watch the the horde? And you oh no, no, do your she thing? is into it, brother. She is nice. into it. She designed yeah. the costume. You guys are the perfect uh, post. Oh yeah, that doesn't surprise me. Um, for those, <laughs> right. The backstory is I met Jesse through his. Uh, they weren't together, but I'd met I'd known his wife before they were together uh, in college theater, and she was costuming and me and all that. She hated me because I mm-hmm. either ruined the costumes or I was too big for them. <laughs> Uh, so cool. What are, well, I'm curious, let's keep it innocent until we get to the topic you want to rant about. What, um, what are your, what's the costumes this year? Well, we're, uh, we're the coin family. So we're actually no joke this year going as coins. We decided to play it ironic this year. So <laughs> I am a, uh, <laughs> I'm an Eisenhower dollar. She's a Susan B. Anthony dollar and the kids are a quarter on or a 50 cent piece on down to penny. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> Well done. That is, those ones that make you go, what's going on here? Those are the good ones. You know, just, uh, exactly. I'm impressed. Exactly. I cannot wait to see these pictures. This will be a, Oh, you show. will. Oh, I know I will. All right. So you, uh, you said you wanted to talk Halloween and it kind of threw me off cause I was expecting you just kind of wanted to bolt BS about, but you actually got a little bit of a, a heated, uh, I don't know, a passionate take on Halloween lately. I do. I do because you know this is this is I mean clearly you grew up we live we live in yeah we live in a Nerf world we do we do and oh it's 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 gotten what's prompted this for you 
What what or is this the, every the year? Kids now? around here, uh, you know, clearly I get how you have to design <laughs> every Halloween costume to fit over a snowsuit. Got it, tracking. But <laughs> you know, Jesse is the, in Idaho uh, and it's winter, so it's right. <laughs> but it's it's the costumes have just gotten so weird lately to the point where what's not allowed is ridiculous and what is allowed is ridiculous. So around here, you yeah, know, do schools uh, even allow you, do schools even like still embrace it? I mean, like I said, I was I mean, at a private religious school and I went as Freddie. I'm sure those days, those days are gone, bro. Like, yeah, at the schools, sure. at the schools near us, uh, no masks, like no, no, you can't do like the full face mask anymore. Like we had when we were kids where it's like two pinholes in this full rubber mask. And what? You're getting like, you know, 6% oxygen. No more of those. But <laughs> really? The What's the argument? Is that for safety even... or are they worried like it's, there's a kid that's going to do a, a shooting? What's their theory? Yeah, that's, that's really, I mean, when you boil it all away, that's what it's all about is not letting anybody. That's, that's the inception of it. Right. Wow. But it's gone to the point where you can't even wear like uh, full face paint anymore. Wait, what? So you, yeah. You... <laughs> So at the like, most so you, you can, can do, do like, like uh, bandanas over on camo paint. You can't do it anymore. Oh God! Really? Really? I'm, I'm at a loss. I didn't. I did not see this coming. I mean, and it I is. Do you think it is the uh, the this is from school shooting world, or is it just I everybody do. freaking out and overreacting to everything? A little from wow. column A, a little from column B, but mostly, yeah, I think it's it's preventing or trying to prevent. It's an overreaction to the school shooter phenomenon. It's just, and, and wow. they've swung the pendulum so far the opposite way that kids can't even have fun anymore. You know? That's astonishing. But, so, but I'm also, <laughs> I'm sorry, go ahead, dude. Go. No, you uh, first. Well, well I was going to say that, that, you know, it's, it's swung to where you can't do anything, you know, that disguises who you are. But at the same time, on the opposite end of the spectrum, you can show whatever you want. Like, you know, I go to Walmart now and you see like costumes for like six year old oh, yeah. girls that are basically like two band-aids and a crouton. Like that's not a costume. Yeah. Dude. They're pretty. Yeah. Yeah. I was uh, listening on actually one of the guys who has a show on the same uh, podcast network. He was talking about how um, there's a segment they have called, I think like weekly and it's called inappropriate toys mm-hmm. and people send in images or videos about inappropriate. And some of them are like, highly inappropriate like that but you could tell they just didn't think about it like some of them look like very phallic and they're like oh god they didn't they didn't catch that on the assembly line but this one he brought up he goes this uh what is it uh um the women that are in a a harlem or not harlem harem yeah he was talking there was like a harem it was a harem costume and he goes and it said for like he opened look at the package and it said something like age range six to ten and he goes so you're telling me my six-year-old daughter can dress as a whore that's okay that's acceptable it's basically okay. he goes people knew what he yeah people are like he and he yeah he's against it he's a very good cool dude but he's like so what they're saying is my daughter can dress as a whore for those of you who don't know what I, you know and he goes off on what a harem is he goes right. and he goes actually she's not even a whore because she didn't even get paid for sex he goes so my daughter can dress as that but and he brought up the same thing as you he goes but i can't wear a mask to comic-con you know right. and it's yeah yeah it's all yeah uh, Halloween is like hoochie, you know, it's, and there's always the running joke of like, you know, uh, some sort of costume. And then there's the sexy version of like, so there's sexy nurse, there's sexy bank accountant, there's sexy this. And, uh, you know, when you're an 18 year old dude, yeah, that's like, you're just long for Halloween for that. But yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That is a, that is a huge double standard as far as just, God dang it. I'm glad I, I, <laughs> it's stuff like this where I'm like, I'm glad I don't have kids. I love kids as you know, uh, but I don't know how I would handle this. Like, yeah. I mean, do you just, cause I mean, that's the thing is for those who remember Jesse from last time, he has a very, uh, extreme military background. He's not, you know, he has his beliefs as far as gun rights and all that, but he's not, um, I would say you're very grounded on your beliefs and you see both sides of most arguments as far as I can say, but I, I don't know how I would keep this. Like, I don't know how I would handle this. Like, cause it's just like, okay, I'll, I'll accept it because you know, I'm an adult, but now I got to put my kids through. Like you said, the pussification of everything. Absolutely, you know, it's, 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 it's we we pad the corners of playgrounds. We put Nerf padding on everything, and 
Uh, yeah, so did it, you have to accommodate, I assume? So your costumes, obviously, I would say, because they're coins, they're literally probably nothing on the face at all. No. No. Yeah. No, we're just, it's basically like a, it's like a plate carrier almost, like just front and back, you know, front of the coin, back of the coin. Real easy, easy to assemble. <laughs> something they can run around in like and the... not crumple, you know. Um, and that's, that's wow. generally so you're, uh... the other. That's it. You bring in Idaho. It's uh, obviously not California, um, where I'm at now, and but I'm from Idaho. Do uh, what is this? I guess this is a weird way to put it. What is like the pulse uh, in the school system in Idaho, at least, as far as you know? Obviously, it's a budget thing, so they're never going to. They're currently, as far as I've heard, they're still not going to put armed guards, even if they're going to volunteer their time. Uh, mm-hmm. They're still not doing um, uh, any sort of metal detectors or security checkpoints. Nope. So it's kind of like they're doing this thing that they think is preventative. Like, okay, we're going to keep a kid from giving, giving them an opportunity to hide, you know, set off shotgun in a crazy elaborate costume. All right, fine. But we're not going to do all these other things that are way more practical, way more sensible and way more definitive. You know, I, and then I I haven't heard of any schools implementing that yet. Yeah. It's still not. It's no different here. (laughs) It's all placebo. (sighs) We're going to, you know, spoil the fun Halloween to make ourselves feel better while not actually yeah. doing anything to make your kids safer. Well, I and then you're, because it. you're not, you're, you're not an unsafe parent, but you, ha- you give your kids an exciting life. But do you, um, like, do I, do you trick or treat at night anymore? Is that, are those days gone too? See, the thing that, and it, it's, it's always been this way since, you know, um, since we started having kids, but I remember going trick-or-treating all over the place and we didn't get a single trick-or-treater last year. Nowadays, everyone's doing the, uh, the, uh, uh, trunk or treats where everyone like pulls into a big parking lot and opens their trunk up and you have candy in there and the kids just kind of walk what? around and kind of, this. I've never heard of this. Oh my God, so it's a, dude. It's, it's, <laughs> it's a tailgate party. It's a tailgate party, but with Halloween stuff. So you basically make this little like protective Buffalo circle around a parking lot of cars and your kids just like <laughs> walk around the wagons and hand out Snickers bars. It's, oh my. it's insane. Really? Yeah. So yeah. Cause I was even thinking about this the other day, again, same growing up in Idaho. Uh, the city you're in is not too dissimilar from where I grew up. Right. I, and again, this was not, you know, 70 years ago, this was less than 30 I, I, my mom and my mom and dad were pretty protective, but they still let me do my, do my thing because the, we didn't live in the same world as the world. That's this, this shitty stuff that happens now, but we got the, I don't know if you got the same thing. We got the, you know, come home when the streetlights start turning on. That was like our clock. And I, I, as this conversation proceeds, I really cannot, I think my parents went with us, not so much for safety, but just for like parent fun support. Like they didn't, obviously there's as a parent, that's always an inherent uh, thing you do is you know to be there to protect your kids but that's not why they went they wanted to go with us and have fun and i can't remember halloween i i just i just i remember yeah. roaming the neighborhoods in pitch black i mean i remember roaming the neighborhoods in pitch black during pitch black time of night you know i'm just it's a miracle <laughs> i didn't get plowed over by cars because i was a ninja many many years and of course yeah those, oh my god Oh, I don't know how but, I feel about this. Cause... Yeah, that's the kind of stuff I want to do. That's what I grew up with. You know, my, my mom and my dad had followed yeah. me around and, and you know, they keep their distance and they're out there looking at other people's costumes as much as I am. And, we, you know, you go door to door. Yeah, for sure. That's Having a fun time. Developing social skills. You go up and you interact with complete strangers. Yeah. And Yeah, and exactly. It's, it's, the, it's the Purell. It's the, it's the social Purellification of humanity <laughs> where <laughs> they're not going to build up the, the they're not going to build up an immunity to the real world because they've been sheltered out from it so long. Absolutely. Um, and for those for people that don't get that reference, there's a studies where people use too much Purell on their kids doing all the anti- that they actually make them less immune, immunologically strong because they've Purelled them their whole life. Uh, where, I mean, I'm going off on a lot of tangents here. I'm enamored with your child life right now, but like, I remember, <laughs> I remember roaming in sewers as a child because that's what I saw in movies. And I broke into sewers and roamed to the sewers thinking I was doing some GI Joe stuff. I can confirm that I doing the same thing. <laughs> Fair. Yeah. See, I don't, I don't really have to watch myself because I, even though my mom subscribes, I don't think she listens because she doesn't want to know the truth of some of the things I've done. But luckily I don't have kids to, you know, like, cause that's the thing is as a father, I'd have to like censor a lot of my life because I don't want them to go, but daddy, I heard you. <laughs> yes. 
Yes, I'm, I, I fully yeah. admit that I'm, I'm creating my own blackmail in, in doing the show with you. For sure. <laughs> well, I mean, and then don't, I mean, look at the world we went to. We, we, we played G.I. Joe growing up, and we're like, I want face paint and sewer. And fast forward X amount of years, we're yep. wearing face paint, crawling in the sewer of Iraq, eating fish out of the same river, you know? You <laughs> so, know? <laughs> Life imitates art, brother. It, it was kind of fortuitous. <laughs> wow, so... So you literally, are you even going to have candy at the house for the random trick-or-treaters? Or you know what? Is that I refused, too? I refused to wussify my Halloween to satisfy the weirdos. Good. We are going to have Halloween. In fact, right. this is, I'm actually got Lura on board with this. We are on the 10-year plan to become the Halloween kings of our town. Nice. Okay. Dude, it's going to be legit. So you're yes. Yeah, Stay strong. Well, I remember, like, just as you were talking, I remember there was always the people, like, um, as you kind of got in that one age where you loved Halloween, but then it became more of a practical joke, where mm-hmm. you'd hide in the bushes with a hose and spray down the kids. Correct. Um, <laughs> I was never the hose sprayer. I was always the poor little punk that got sprayed by the kids that bullied me. But whoever you are now, I'll give you my address. Um, <laughs> but so what do you do with your kids? Do you trick or treat or... We do, do, do we, that, we the do the same circle wagon that thing. everyone else does because that's the only way they're going to get anything. Because this oh place, dude, it, they freaking, well, I mean, we're pretty rural. I've never so heard of that. Life. Yeah, it's, it's become oh, yeah, a weird sure. thing. It's, I mean, but even I like, know, I mean, and I would have like. Georgia. Same thing there. Really? I would have thought you guys would be like, I mean, that's the thing. Growing up in Idaho, there everything, there was a delay, you know, a two, three, four, five year delay of whether it was fashion or pop culture or whatever. I would have thought there'd still be a little bit of Halloween safe haven where you're at, but circle yeah, the wagons and like pop your trunks. Bubble of normalcy. No. Oh, God, this it's, is like depressing because like, I, I know, can't wait I to get out of L.A. to, to Montana. It's, it's, it's no, it's I fine. I asked for this. Yeah, but it's like I I I you'll, I'll see like those images online of like some small rural town that still has cobblestone streets and old ma and pa shops on the main street and mm-hmm. and it's like oh, I can't wait to get my funds and move there and go into this minimalistic cabin grumpy man in the mountain lifestyle. <laughs> and the more I talk to you and other people like that, I'm like I don't know if that stuff's going to exist in five years. <laughs> like, I mean, you'll you'll have to consciously go off the grid and then you'll be trick or treating yep. with no one because you have to live so far away. Hey, I have wow. no problem handing out candy to myself. <laughs> I was going to say, at the end of the day, the less trick-or-treaters, the more treats for you. True. Wow. But, you know, the I'm less kids my, my kids get, the less I can, you know, partake in as a dad tax, you know? We're going to yeah, make exactly. this costume. We're going <laughs> to take you out one and for take you, you around for me. at 15%, Bubba. Good for you. Yeah, and they need to learn about taxation without representation. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly it. Exactly. Well, earlier in the show, I mentioned uh, this is something I never like. I didn't know the history of Halloween, but I I I, I kind of went from like when it was the paganism times to uh, the Druids mm-hmm. and how the church got involved and tried to you know church it up a little bit. Yep. And then yep. um, how I forgive me that I've since forgotten everything I talked about earlier in the show. But then how they got involved with uh, the reason they brought in trick or treating it was to completely try to simple you know purify it and completely get rid of the Oh, we're celebrating the dead and trying to communicate with the, you know, the afterlife that, you know, right. but that's why they got trick or treating. And, and now not even that is surviving. Now it is a kid's version of a tailgate party. Oh my God. But you can't I'm even so get like the cool, interesting <laughs> costumes like we had when we were kids. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I, I mean, I, just as you talking, I go back and not a single, to my mom's credit or discredit, not a single costume I had, you would know it was me. Like at all? <laughs> oh my god, I'm I, I'm actually just kind of speechless. This is this is kind of sad. It is. <laughs> oh, I and then it, okay. Dude. Remember, this is something we grew up with. Um, uh, this was a today in history thing today. Um, a guy, one of the first documented cases of a uh, candy poisoning, was um a guy was on Halloween, obviously, and uh. It was a father poisoned his son, and he happened to take out a life insurance policy on the son four days before Halloween. How messed up is that? That's ridiculous. Yeah, got to do it at least a yeah, couple the guy, weeks. And this is in... less suspicious. <laughs> That's what my ex-wife did. 
while we were divorcing, a little reveal into my life. Suddenly she wanted a bigger life insurance policy and she wanted the guns in the divorce. Take mm. with that what you will. Mm. <laughs> or she just wasn't thinking how painfully shady that looked. Um, but here, the cool thing about that story, if there's a good part of, you know, uh, father doing that to his child, uh, it was in Texas. They executed him. Well, so. of course they did, because it's Texas. Uh, yeah. You, you, you know uh, yeah. the same thing so, that happened here, dude. I, I got, I'm kind of scared now, because now there's this this parking lot Halloween. I don't know what, what Idaho's capable of at this point. <laughs> uh, uh. Well, crap. Um. Uh, <laughs> We're peaked on our timeline. Uh, this has been in- astonishingly eye-opening. I did not. Uh, like, <laughs> it's just I was going to buy candy, and at the house I'm at here in California, I'm like, if they're not coming to your house in Idaho, I sure as hell am not going to get any trick or treaters in my house. <laughs> you know, they're probably going to do it. They're probably going to do some like counterintelligence trick or treating in the day before at a random time, so nobody can like be ready for it, so nobody can right. kidnap them. More of a race than an actual, gonna, you know. Yeah, they're going to have a. Uh, what are those things? Have you seen those key trackers that are like GPS? They're like battery powered little GPS things you can put on your keys or your wallet. They're called yep. tiles. Mm-hmm. Um, they're probably going to put those on their kids now, you know, track their kids. Right, exactly. So you know where they are to which, like, you know, the one thousandth of a millimeter. Yeah, which I get. That's the, I mean, I get protecting your children. That's, I mean, I guess if I was to do a disclaimer for, because I, I know most of the subscribers are probably parents, we're not dismissing the fact you need to protect your children that's not the fact <laughs> but again at what cost are we you know yeah bathing you them know, in the, purell the, and, and, and wrapping now. them in yeah because this what's messed it's funny is that what's messed up is the more harsh and evil and tough this world gets ironically the more padded we're creating our next generations to I the point where you. it's actually not doing it should be like if we took the kids from World War II or you know that that generation, the, the you know the what would they call it, the greatest generation, they could handle this stuff. They'd be surprised at it, but they're like, you know what? I'm used to. I went to war in the middle of the winter in France for four years with a pair of wet socks. I think I'll be okay with you know trick or treating at night. Uh, yeah, but yeah. yeah, we're actually doing the inverse of toughening them up for the more tough existence. And oh, the sad deep. part is, so we're the up. only ones doing that. The people we need to be oh, know, I saw, as far as other countries again are toughening their kids. Oh yeah, I mean that. Yeah, I mean that's. I mean it's a whole other conversation. But yeah, all the yeah. every time we see on the news the um, uh, the terrorist camps and all that. Again, I'm not condoning raising children, you know, to be terrorists, but they are some hard mother effers because True they statement. were toughened up. Yeah, and I'm not again not condoning that, but it's it's possible to raise tough people. Uh, without going to that extreme, and yeah, that's obviously, yeah, and again. moral are not, they're not, you know, absolutely exclusively, you yeah, they're both. not, ex- yeah, yeah, oh, exactly, yeah, that's, I wonder if that's what it is, if, if for some reason, because I know here in California, I'm not bad-mouthing my uh, California brothers and sisters, but, yeah, if you're tough, for some reason, you're bad, like, there's a, and I find myself doing it too, where I'm always walk, walking on glass and always disclaiming and making sure I don't offend somebody because my career depends on it. It's like, God dang it, man. What, ha-? you know, like <laughs> if you're tough, you're automatically considered to be, you know, uh, abrasive or I went on a whole nother conversation with a guest yesterday on how I opened a door for a woman and I got yelled. Yep. She was very mad at me. So, I, well, hell, I don't obviously that. we're two grumpy old men. We're two grumpy exactly. old men. And you know what? Uh, I'm okay with that. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Just as always, we're two grumpy old men. That should be the name of our segments from here on out. Grumpy old men. Um, Yeah, I I think I'll write that down while we're done talking. So, um, (laughs) well, you have, uh, when this airs, this will be airing tomorrow morning. You'll be uh, about 12 hours out from your circling up the wagons to do your mall mall parking lot candy exchange. Yeah, yeah, the the fun and enjoyment of the inside of a muskox circle. What is that game? Um, I know you were raised on it too. Um, the really crappy computer game where you went across the country in a covered wagon. Oregon Trail, uh, brother. Yes, Oregon Trail. <laughs> that is now you. Uh, I never Halloween. made it to Oregon. All I ever did was shoot buffalo. I've never made it. I always drown in a in a river crossing, or I didn't circle <laughs> up my wagons, and I wasn't. Didn't this is so bad? But didn't that didn't like Indians attack you? Yep. 
I'm almost certain it did. Yeah. And I remember I always died because I didn't circle up the wagons right or something. Oh my God. That's funny memories. <laughs> well, <laughs> and that has been grumpy old men and a dose of nostalgia. <laughs> cool. As always. Thanks buddy. I really appreciate you doing hey, this. Uh, have a good you, Halloween. Yeah, cool. I appreciate it. We'll talk to you later, and thanks again. Thank you. And that wraps up the show for Wednesday, October 31st. Um, It is actually about 5 p.m. the 30th. I've been recording and working on this for the last couple hours with my air conditioner off, and I am pouring sweat. So I am sweating for y'all. I don't want to say blood, sweat, and tears because I haven't bled yet for the show. I teared up the other day with Kelly. Uh, and I'm sweating. So I've, I've got two out of three. So awesome, awesome, awesome show. I know I use the word awesome. I'm almost embarrassed to the point of it, uh, turning into a valley boy. So I'm going to work on that. But thank you for listening. I'll try to make this part shorter every time. Uh, thank you. I am your employee. The show is for you, uh, designed by me. Your patronage means the world to me. Share it with your friends. Tell everybody about it. I really, truly am proud of this product. And I really think a lot of people would enjoy it. And it gives them an hour and 10, 20 minutes a day of something to listen to, uh, to at least start distract themselves from whatever drive or commute they're having to work or what have you. So, uh, and also lastly, uh, pa- that's patreon.com forward slash Jeff Bosley. I'm all over iTunes on, on Spotify on the free Mondays and please, um, rate and review on iTunes. Um, that actually m- means something, uh, to me, personally, but also as far as algorithms and all the bull crap iTunes does. If you rate and review, that really helps. So uh, rate and review for me. And in the meantime, see you Thursday. Be safe tonight at Halloween if you celebrate it. And like on Jesse's conversation, it sounds like it's super safe. So you'll probably be okay. So Halloween, go forth, conquer, kick ass, be relentless, get good candy. Adios. Adios.